Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain... Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes. Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery. Well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store. Like now, go. The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even the speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch. But just a notch. Because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus, and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Hello, welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. My name's Tom Marvin, Senior Technical Editor here at BikeRadar.com and at MBUK Magazine. Joining me in the podcast studio today is Warren Roster, who is our Road Senior Technical Editor at BikeRadar.com and at Cycling Plus Magazine. How are you getting on, Warren? I'm very good, thank you. Excellent stuff. Are you doing anything interesting at the moment? What we've been testing, what we've been looking at? Uh, I've got a huge amount on, as usual, but, mm-hmm. you know, what we I have done very recently is uh, kind of, I did a big test of, of new and exciting endurance bikes mm-hmm. um, and then straight after that i jumped straight into a head-to-head of two of the titans of the endurance two bike world the titans excellent well we are going to touch upon those but first i'm going to ask you the perennial question that comes around in mid to late november bike of the year now <laughs> it's kind of like voldemort in the office we can't really we don't like talking about it but it, it's coming around we're going to be starting testing these very soon i'll be doing some trail mountain bikes you'll be doing some road and gravel bikes what are you going to be doing i'm going to be doing endurance bikes okay i'm going to be doing gravel bikes and right. i'm going to be doing something interesting in the kind of e-bike space as well um, so yeah. my my bike count is going to go up um, but the variety is also going to go up at the same time. So anticip- I'm quite excited by You're it. excited? Well, yeah, I'm always excited by Bike of the Year. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Nothing better than, you know, having to go on a ride on Boxing Day and New Year's Day because you've got so many bikes to test that you've got to use the, all the available hours. Yes, yes. Yeah, so we know the, how many How many are you thinking of getting them? So three... three uh... It's going to be the minimum of about 15, I would think, okay. once I've whittled down to... Bikes I've kind of tested and excited about, the ones that are new, et cetera, et cetera. It will be, yeah, it'll be about 15, although usually when I say it's 15, I end up doing many more than that. Yeah, yeah. So 
You've churned out many bikes in the past. I've, I've, I've always noticed. I've been doing bike of the year for you know over a decade, and and uh, you know times have changed since I used to just do it all by myself. So it would yeah. be you know doing forty or fifty bikes over, oh, I remember over when you did three that, or four yeah. months. You know, that's a lot, isn't it? Well, it was when you actually look back. You know, when I was looking back, and going, oh my god, I did like five thousand miles for that one. Mm. You know, and then you think, and it was all in the wet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, so. Yeah, but it's good. It's good. You know, it gives you such a, a great overview of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the tech trends that are out there, what the bike brands want you to buy, yeah, and be that good or bad, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I always, I always like it. Yeah. It informs the rest of the year. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, that's going to be, well, obviously, we're, we're kicking off at least all our planning now. Our testing will be kicking off in the next month or two. Uh, and then it'll be all published in about six months' time. So to the actual uh, listeners of the Bike Roader podcast, that was largely irrelevant. But it does maybe give a bit of an insight into just <laughs> how, how long, how long it takes. Yeah, I mean, right, that said, right. I have, I've already got some bikes in. Yeah. I've you know, started to ride, so it just guess you how long it takes. Yeah, I think I've and got... we can apologise for all those bike brands now. Yes, I've still got your bike and I'm still keeping it. Uh, and I'm yeah. keeping it for a few more months. Yeah, like, oh, can we get that bike back? And I'm like, well, actually, it's about three and a half months till we start you know, writing them. So probably not. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, no, I've got, I've got a couple of my trail bikes in and uh, plenty more to come. Right, as hinted at a couple of minutes ago, this episode of the Bike Road Podcast is all about endurance bikes. Following on from a test that you did, Warren, uh, where you put the Giant Defy Advanced SL against the Specialized Roubaix SL8. So obviously in this podcast, we're going to talk about both of these bikes. They're kind of the pluses and their cons, what they're all about, what they actually are, because I think they're sort of quite interesting in the world of endurance bikes. But first off, I just want to sort of very quickly touch on for the uninitiated amongst us, when we say an endurance bike, what are we talking about? How, what are the key defining features of an endurance bike? And why are they interesting or important? Well, I mean, this is something that we'll... That I've touched upon and and you know done a, an op-ed about and there's an op-ed video about and everything. Whereas basically, I I believe ninety nine percent of the riders out there an endurance bike is the road bike you need. Right now, now simple fact: a modern endurance road bike. You you take the pro race style road bike template, you make it more usable for everybody. Right. So they're a little bit shorter in reach. They're a little bit taller in stack. Okay. But not overly so, so they become kind of sedate, kind of you know, if you're if you're UK based like an old Tourer, or mm-hmm. if you're American um based like the old century bike. Mm-hmm. Although effectively they're still the same thing. You know, we used to call them century bikes, we used to call them sportive bikes, we used to call them clubman's bikes. Um, but it's just endurance. It's it's a bike that will make you more comfortable when you ride for longer. Okay. But they're not boring, they still have sharp fast handling mm-hmm. it's just the, the more an emphasis on both comfort through componentry comfort through geometry and, and general comfort through design you know right. comfort used to be a, a you know um a word that was never speaked about in mm-hmm. in road racing terms nobody ever mentioned comfort now most people's conversations about comfort uh-huh. and the endurance bike just personifies that right okay so they're sort of a slightly more relaxed road race bike but they're not some sluggish, lazy, sit yeah. up and beg, yeah, yeah. take the views sort of thing. You're still going to have that sporty feel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're still, you know, still, I would argue most people would be faster on an endurance bike than they would on a race bike. Uh-huh. Because that race bike, you're going to be stretched out. You're going to be super low. The, the position is going to be very difficult to hold aerodynamically for, you know, even though it's better aerodynamically, mm-hmm. most people are going to struggle to hold that position mm-hmm. for any extended time. Life is a highway. 
and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The NBA playoffs are here, and we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch. Because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. On an endurance bike, you'll be able to stay more aero for longer because mm-hmm. you're not at the extremes of position. Yeah. So, you know, I, and that's why I just fully believe that these are okay. These are the bikes most road riders should own, mm-hmm. you know, and should be riding every day. We all we can all lust after those pro, pro tour bikes, but there's not many of us are, you know, 58 kilo, 23 year olds <laughs> that, yeah. that, that spend, you know, more time on a bike than they do sleeping. Yeah. You know, that's just not most average people. Yeah. And does an endurance bike, is it true? And this is, I guess, more of a reflection on road race bikes, but is it true that? tire clearances are going to be a bit broader bigger tires on there that sort of thing or is that yeah. less so now that road race bikes have actually started using I mean, uh, tires? you know uh, all road going bikes now are have more generous tire clearances um but the endurance bike tends to get even more generous than than those what you'll tend to find is that they they don't skimp as much on the practicalities either you know right, like okay. most even super top end, like the the two we're going to be looking at now, you know they're super top end, super lightweight bikes. They've all they've been to the winter and all they've done everything on them. But you still get mudguard fender eyelets. Right, you okay. still get practical bits that you're going to need if you're riding every day. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and all year round. So I think, yeah, yeah, a general rule of thumb, they will have bigger tire clearances, but they're not ex- sort of excessive. You know, mm-hmm. they haven't turned them into sort of round town hybrids or anything like that. They're, they're still, you know, these are still really, really sporty bikes. Yeah. I guess the the Roubaix name, for example, are you ever going to see a Roubaix raced at Roubaix? Oh, yeah, definitely. Right. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Do, do, will you ever see any of these bikes or like these endurance bikes under the pros' legs? And um... Yes, I think you will. You know, I think if you take something like, strangely, like the Merida Scultura Endurance, mm-hmm. which they've just released like a GR version, like a gravel version of. Now, it didn't win the world championships. That was a new Merida Silex, but the Merida Silex was one was the only one in that team that was riding the Silex. The right. rest of the team were all riding the Scrunchura Endurance. Basically, an endurance road bike uh-huh. with gravel tires. Okay, and so yeah, you're seeing those competitively raced. They've got it's got you know it's got UCI approval sticker on it. Yeah. As has the new Roubaix, as has the new Defy. These are bikes that will be raced. Mm-hmm. You don't tend to see many endurance bikes ridden by. A lot of pros, but mm-hmm. when you see some of the more extreme guys out there, so if you're especially tall or whatever, they'll probably fit better onto an endurance design than they would onto mm-hmm. a super low pro race design. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, you know, they they they're in no way a lesser animal right, okay. than the than the pro tour equivalents. You know, it'd be the equivalent of 
um, in car terms, you buy a you know a Porsche 911 with aircon and the full leather seats and et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, or you go for the Cup Sport, which is stripped down with a mm-hmm. roll cage in it and you know carbon seats instead. They're they're basically the same, very similar things. Just one's a bit more comfortable, but in real world terms, they're just as fast as each other. Yeah, you know, so it's that kind of. I, th- I think that's you know, it's it's kind of. Easier bikes to to live with, and easy easy bikes to make go quick. Okay, makes sense. Okay, so in the run up to this podcast, you said that um, when we were chatting before, that the Defy and the Roubaix were very different endurance bikes, but they're both endurance bikes, and they've each taken the the moniker of endurance bike and taken it on a different path. So let's talk about those differences, uh, and we'll start with the Defy. Let's chat about the Defy for for a minute or two. What What's the deal with the bike? What's why is it interesting? Why is it is it brand new? Is it what's the story? But this this is the latest generation of the Defy, and the Defy has always been a comfortable road going bike, but they were always a little bit more conservative in their ride positions. They were uh, they were at the kind of taller end and shorter end of of the endurance okay. thing, which made them really good. I mean, it was a sort of bike I, I'd love to ride for you know if you're going out for like a six seven hour ride, mm-hmm. it, brilliant, absolutely brilliant to be on, but. Compared to some of the more sportier endurance bikes out there, it did feel that little bit more long distance cruiser than uh, sort of you know bike you could have a bit of a sprint and a bit of a play on. Mm-hmm. But for this new generation one, they've taken that legendary kind of Defy silhouette, which was one of the first bikes to have drop stays and a D shaped seat post to mm-hmm. introduce a bit of flex and comfort. Um, but they've they've put it on a diet, okay. So it's got in, much much lighter. And they've um, they've altered the geometry as well, which is quite a bold step. So they made it a little bit lower at the front. Mm-hmm. Um, they made it a little bit um, longer. And but aside from that, they've kept the steering geometry, and especially the trail is all stayed the same. So you've still got this kind of smooth, fast, stable bike, but it's got mm-hmm. a little bit of a sportier ride. Okay, you know um, the design has also is definitely been influenced by. The new Propel, mm-hmm. so there's lots of aero shapes going on there. It's got full integration for the first time, so there's no exposed brake hoses uh, okay, at yeah. all. Everything is is slick and clean. Does it have any sort of particular sort of interesting tech in, in terms of you know? I see it's got a it's got a fancy seat post, for example, the Defuse SLR seat post, which I guess is there for comfort. Is there, the things you know features like that along? I the mean, way? most of that thing that's that that is on it is just an evolution of what was there before. Mm-hmm. They haven't been any particularly radical with it they, they've literally they've used their uh, you know improved knowledge of of using carbon fiber like they did with the tcr and then mm-hmm. with the propel and then they've brought that to it so as i say they've made it significantly lighter the defuse post is is something giant have had in their range for a long mm-hmm. time and it started out on the tcx cyclocross bike so it's basically the seat post is shaped like a d it's not round yeah. but it's it's designed that way to be both aerodynamic and to flex more than a standard round post and it and it does work. You know, mm-hmm. you've seen we've seen so many other brands adopt the same thing. Mm-hmm. BMC, Cervelo, they've all come out with their version of a of a D shaped post. Um, so it's kind of known tech, but they've just finessed the Defy mm-hmm. and they've reacted to kind of feedback from riders mm-hmm. uh, saying, "Well, we love the Defy. We just want it to be a bit sportier." Yeah, and so they've done these tweaks to it. But what I do like about it is. It's very much a pure road bike. Right, okay. Even though they've up the tyre clearance to like 38 millimetres, mm-hmm. which is really generous for a road bike. Mm-hmm. But there's no 
there's no sort of nods to it being all road or light gravel mm-hmm. or anything like which, which a lot of a lot of brands are doing you know it's sort of um a dedicated tarmac bike it's a dedicated tarmac bike and, and yeah. you know it's pure for that and you know if you're giant and you've got two brilliant gravel bikes in your mm-hmm. you know in your range like the revolt and the revolt x i mean there's I, I can see their point of view going well why do we need another one yeah you know let's let's focus this bike down and and you know mm-hmm. tighten it up tighten and lighten it and just just you know run with it okay and it it's all the better for it to be honest so in terms of the sort of two strands of, of the defy versus the roubaix the the defy strand is that it really is a tarmac focused bike that yes. just happens to be a bit more comfortable more tire clearance but is a dedicated road it's a pure road bike. pure it's and dedicated pure, road bike. pure road bike yeah okay well let's mirror that then or contradict it perhaps with the roubaix um you tested the specialized roubaix sl8 i'm guessing that's a pretty high-end version of it um the one i had was the um it was the sl8 expert so okay. that's um you know uh, rival axis carbon wheels it's got the obviously got the future shock which has has been on the the roubaix range since 2017 mm-hmm. um but this new roubaix is quite interesting is that the roubaix has always been since that 2017 Future Shock makeover bike, it's always been sort of all road capable. Right. But for this new generation, they've thrown in loads of aero from the Tarmac SL8. It kind of begs the question, is like, well, what would you do if you owned your own wind tunnel? Mm-hmm. You probably would. But thankfully, they haven't messed with the geometry either because the, the, the Roubaix has always had great great geometry. So mm-hmm. this effectively has the same geometry as it did in 2017. Okay. And I think the thing with the Roubaix is like, the changes they've made to bring all the aero to it have almost slightly hampered its, weirdly hampered its all-road abilities, mm-hmm. whilst in the same instance bringing things to it where you'd go, oh, surely that will make it better for it. So mm-hmm. they've upped the tyre clearance again, and they've gone up to 40 mil, which is into almost into kind of almost pure gravel territory, yeah. you, you could argue. You've got the Future Shock up front. On this version, it's the 3.2 unit, which... Uh, basically doesn't have a just your adjustable damping it's like set in the mid level right okay um you have to step up to s works or the pro model to get the 3.3 which has the adjustable damping dial on the, on the um, top of the steerer mm-hmm. um but honestly you know i never felt like the front end was either too soft or mm-hmm. too hard you know it was it was set well and it and it felt great but at the back where they've brought in bags more aero they've got kind of aero shaped seat tube a new aero seat post mm-hmm. um it has a similar sort of fitment to the old crew bay where the actual seat clamp is set sort of four or five inches down in the seat tube yeah. and you have a long bolt, basically. So it clamps really low, which allows loads, effectively mm. loads of exposed seat posts that can, can flex. But because they've moved to this deep aero-shaped post, I just didn't feel it had as much flex as the old version. Right, okay. So it almost created a, a strangely imbalanced bike where you've got this fluid, supple, super reactive front end and a back end that only seems to work when you hit big stuff. Mm-hmm. Um on a road, it's brilliant. Yeah. You know, on a road, it actually feels superior to the to the old one because the old one, if you're on a particularly choppy surface, you know, tarmac surface that was got rippled or whatever, occasionally you could get that seat post to sort of flex and keep flexing mm-hmm. until you end up resonance. Yeah, you had this little sort of resonant, almost like a bobbing feel, mm. and you don't get that anymore. So it feels better on the road, not quite as good in the really rough stuff as right. the old one. It's a, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a weird one. Yeah, it it kind of. I don't know. I think there's a thing with the with the new Roubaix. I'm a huge fan of the Roubaix, you know, and I did think it was a brilliant bike. But I'm sort of it sort of confuses me because uh-huh. they've brought banged all this aero in from the tarmac. I mean, if you see it 
in a silhouette, you would go, oh, it's a tarmac with a taller front end. Mm-hmm. And that's all. Or it's a tarmac in a big size, mm-hmm. even in the smaller sizes. But um, but then, you, you know, you're looking at the details. It's got a third set of bottle bosses underneath the down tube, a la gravel bike. It's got bento box mounts on the top tube. Mm-hmm. Yet it's all aero. And so I, I just sort of, I sort of came away from it confused. Right, okay. You know, it's like, it, they seem in one respect to have pushed it much more towards all road and even even gravel racing. I think mm-hmm. it'd make a great gravel race bike, but at the same time they've brought in all this aero packaging that you'd imagine from a pure road bike, mm-hmm. and it's sort of a I, split personality. Yeah, it's maybe. got a very split personality, and it rides with a very sort of split personality. Yeah. How much of that split personality could you attribute to? And I'm forgive me if I'm, I'm sort of getting the wrong end of the stick, but to the future shock. So the future shock, if if you're not aware, is like a basically a, a suspension sprung stem so it sits above the the top of the headset and just suspends the handlebars giving that you know a bit of comfort for your hands as you go over stuff do you think is that you know it seems like that's a fundamental part of the Roubaix and has been for a long time and it sort of marks the Roubaix out as as far as I'm aware at least pretty much the only endurance or road focused bike with suspension yeah it definitely is yeah yeah so it's, it's a real outlier in that respect it is a bit of an outlier in that in that respect and I wonder if it's just because now I feel it's got that little bit of imbalance between front and rear, whereas the old one felt softer but more balanced. Mm. But then you've got other things that have come in and confused it. You know, there's the Diverge, mm. which is the gravel bike, which has the front suspension. And then you've got the Diverge SDR, which effectively has a rear suspension system as yeah. well um, that's fully tunable and adjustable. And I almost feel like with the new Roubaix, if they'd have gone down that Diverge STR route, because the mm-hmm. thing with the Diverge STR is where it's got the the, the damper system in the mm-hmm. in the seat cluster, the seat post actually fits into a sleeve, right. which is then in that clamp system. And the bike comes with different sleeves, so you can tune the back end hmm. softer or hard. Now, I think they've done that for the Roubaix, so you could better match the front and rear, especially when it comes down to things like rider weight. And mm-hmm. um, it would have felt... A more unified yeah. design. Whereas at the minute it now feels like a great endurance bike with a suspension stem. Uh-huh. Whereas the previous generation felt almost full suspension like. Right, okay. You know, and we're not talking suspension like man, but suspension mm-hmm. is not it's it's this is just vibration damping. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so the bike now feels a little bit imbalanced. So do you think it was a backwards step? In terms of it all. Well, right? I mean, they could argue that it's a, a big forward step because it's much more aerodynamic than it's ever yeah. been before. But even when you talk about the aerodynamics and things like that, you know, obviously the tube shows are much more aerodynamic. They've got the huge like aero library of, of, mm. of tube shows and designs. But because it's got the future shock, it can't do the aerodynamic tricks that the dividers mm-hmm. by internally rooting the hoses through the stem right, down through okay, the head yeah. because the stem's constantly changing its yeah. height. They can't root the cables internally. So you look at this beautiful aero silhouette and at the front it's got two exposed brake hoses yeah one that goes in the down tube one that goes into the foreground Mm -hmm. and so you're kind of like you've gained all this aero in these tube shapes Mm -hmm. but how much have you lost by having those cables external yeah it's a it's a weird it's a weird one you know i I mean it sounds like i'm really down on it but i love the i love the bike i think it's brilliant i really like the way it rides it's just i I don't know what it is (laughs) (laughs) i mean that was that was going to be my next question like of the two which is your favorite I mean, it's the Defy, but right. I, I, but I, I need to sort of just follow that. It. Yeah, with the Defy, the last generation oh, of Defy, which was a great bike, it topped out at the Pro Zero model, which only came with Ultegra Di Two. Right. So to me, it was like they've made a really really nice bike, but 
it's only for a certain level of serious rider. Mm-hmm. Well, this new one, there's been a massive sort of statement of intent because now there's a red axis bike, there's a Dura Ace bike, you know, and the red axis bike has got like Kadex wheels and cup and everything. And it's a proper, it's a super bike. Mm-hmm. And I think that shows a huge commitment from Giant into the endurance bike as a format, yeah. as a as a thing. When the uh, And let's remember that the endurance bike has been kind of under fire for the last few years because at one end, race bikes have got more comfortable and bigger tire clearances. And at the other end, gravel bikes, there's certain levels of gravel bike that have got much lighter and much racier. Mm-hmm. And so it's literally been squeezed from both sides. And, you know, Giant seems to be the one outlier that's gone, this is a format that should exist and this is a format yeah. that we believe in and here, look what we've delivered. So I'd say where plenty of other brands are just smushing endurance and gravel together to make this sort of suedo or road thing, which can be confusing, mm-hmm. although there are some instances where it's been done brilliantly. Um, the Defy being pure road is just so much better for it. You know, on the Defy, steering geometry is unchanged from the last gen bike and that's probably its most important element because uh-huh. it always had quick rapid steering it didn't feel too dissimilar from the tcr i'm a massive tcr fan the change in the stack height for the bike the size i ride so it's obviously depends on the size mm-hmm. you ride but it'd be very similar numbers you know they've dropped it by nine millimeters which nearly a centimeter in, in like stack height at the front which may not sound a lot but it makes it feel like a much faster bike and mm. it feels very close now to the tcr mm-hmm. i mean i think it's only i think it's only you know, a few millimeters taller than a TCR. So right, it feels okay. very, very similar. You know, and if you put them side by side, the new Roubaix is 34 millimeters taller at the front down right, the okay. Defy. Although, weirdly, it's slightly longer in reach uh-huh. yeah. by a little bit. So their ride positions are very different. But but I would say with the Defy, it felt very much like my own TCR. Do you think that detracts, though, from the original sort of intention of an endurance bike to be not, more comfortable? Not it's, really, because it's still it's comfortable. It's more comfortable than my TCR, mm-hmm. but it's just the way it reacts and the way it steers okay. and the way it handles feels more akin to the TCR. So it's rather than like a relaxed long-distance cruiser, it's just, I mean, I think it's only, yeah, I think it's 15 millimetres taller yeah. than a TCR and just a seven or eight millimetres short. Uh-huh. So it's still got a really sporty, it's got a really sporty position. But the difference being is, especially on the sort of roads that, that you know we have to endure over here, um, it just feels calmer than mm. my TCR. And when it feels calmer, that introduces a kind of confidence. Mm-hmm. So whereas like a super stiff race bike like a TCR, when you're hitting those rough road surfaces, sort of dashes and darts all over the place, the Defy will just waft over it. Yeah. And you can maintain pace easier. You stay faster. You can keep faster for longer. I mean, I've, you know, I've compared like you know strava tra- times on you know my t- my tcr is like shram red um ceramic speed everything zip nsw wheels it's stupidly light it's like mm-hmm. 6.4 something kilos and the defy that i put up against the defy was actually quicker mm-hmm. and so um and so when it needs to feel like a really fast bike it feels like a really fast bike but when it just wants to be nice and nice by the nice and cruises it just feels better. I mean, I'm a long-time TCR devotee, but yeah. this new Defy has made me want to switch my allegiance. It's, okay. f- it's like, uh, you know, I'm always in the market for a new bike. <laughs> um, but this Defy is like the one bike that I've seriously thought, oh, maybe it's time to right. trade in my TCR and, and switch allegiance. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. that good, you know. Right. You've, you've sung the praises of the Defy quite a lot, which is yeah. great. Um, I'm going to ask you to pick a hole in it, though. Like, is there any, What is wrong with it? What could it do better? 
to be honest, I, I I really struggled to find a find a flaw with it. I was doing this when I was testing it. You know, mm. aside from the fact that I was testing a super high end model, so it's you know it's expensive, mm. although not as expensive as say the equivalent of Roubaix. Mm -hmm. It was in fact like a just over a thousand pounds cheaper, I think. But that's for a SRAM Red bike, but mm -hmm. it comes with a double sided quark power meter. Yeah. Whereas the S Works Roubaix didn't. You know, it's got it's got a super high end Calix wheels. It's got Calix saddle, carbon everything. You know, literally nothing on it. You would. Uh, you need to swap out, and so I find it really, I find it really, really hard to put put any flaws in it, right? Because I like the fact that it's got racier. Now, you know, it, again, it sounds like I'm down on the on the Roubaix, but I'm not. You know, the Roubaix is a really quick bike. It's got sort of sweet swiftness to its steering, um, and so it's a really fun bike to ride. That constantly active front end does make it stand out from the crowd. Its ability to cope with road imperfections, bumps, potholes, mm. you know, sleeping policemen, all that sort of stuff, it just makes it rapid. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to avoid stuff when yeah. things get choppy. You know, if you're descending on the Roubaix and, you know, when you're coming through like a corner in the winter where the inside of that corner is broken up and it's and it's chipped and there's gravel everywhere and it's, you can just stay on your optimal line. Mm -hmm. You just go, this bike's going to just do it. It will cope with it. And, you know, that's down to that that frame design. That's down to the you know, the, the quality of the specialized tires that are on it that you'd never felt like you needed to back off, you know. Um, but when you got onto that kind of rolling choppy road surfaces, that's when you start to feel that imbalance. Mm -hmm. You feel that front end working smoothly and then the back end only works when you hit something big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you kind of, it, it felt a bit... Unbalanced? It, uh, yeah, slightly unbalanced, you know. But it, I, I think that's only probably because I know the old one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm so familiar with it, but I think most people who came to it purely fresh would be amazed at how mm -hmm. controlled the front end feels because of the compliance that, yeah. that's built into it. Whereas the rest of the bike feels with the stiffness you're used to. Mm -hmm. So I would say, you know, you put them side by side, the Defy is very much a roadies endurance bike. Yeah. Whereas the Roubaix is a bit more adventurous. Do it all. Do it versatile. all. Versatile. Yeah. A little bit confused, slightly okay. confused. It's undoubtedly a really, really impressive mm -hmm. bike. Smothers rough roads like little else, and I think the bike I had in a fifty-eight centimeter on XL was like eight point three mm -hmm. kilos, which is pretty good when you consider it's got yeah, that suspension yeah, yeah. on it and all that aero. Yeah, and it's running like thirty-two mil tires. Mm -hmm. But if it's like if you if you you know you compare that to Defy, I know the Defy was like slightly higher spec, but that was you know that bike would barely tipped over seven kilos. It's, yeah. it's lighter than most race bikes. Yeah, yeah, it's called an endurance bike, so it's kind of. Uh, so I would say my choice of the Giant Defy over the Roubaix um, is because of those reasons I said, because it feels so much like a TCR, but it's much more comfortable. It, you know, it's sort of, um, it's a it's a bike I could age gracefully on mm -hmm. uh, and still go quack, uh, still go, you know, super quick on it. And I've already got a great gravel bike, so yeah, I don't... Do you need something like... Do I need something that's a bit road more all-road? I like yeah. the idea of my endurance bike being a bit pure. Yeah. You know, that pure road experience. Everyone seems to want versatility these days, but actually sometimes having the right machine for the job is yeah, yeah, a yeah, nice thing yeah, to have. Sure. Yeah. yeah, the Roubaix is good at lots of things, but its primary purpose, which is an endurance road bike, it's not as good as the Defy. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's that's what it boils down to. So it's really what, you know, what you're after. What you're looking for. So we said at the start that these two bikes sort of signify a divergence in approach to endurance bikes. Can we maybe very quickly touch on other bikes that may be similar to the Defy and similar to the Roubaix? So let's let's talk about dedicated on-road endurance bikes. You know, one's very much like the Defy. What else is out there that touches like that? I mean, that's the weird thing is there's very few. Right. There's very few bikes that have been as bold as what Giant have done in stripping back what the endurance bike is. Um, 
I think probably the closest thing to it is probably is Cervelo Caledonia, okay. the Caledonia 5, because that's effectively just like a Cervelo R3 right. with some slight geometry adjustments and provision for mudguards. Mm-hmm. Um, the Roubaix, the Roubaix where, uh, was always kind of in that all-road space, and, we've se- and we have seen some fantastic bikes that are, do a very similar thing. I'm talking like the Ridley Griffin. Mm-hmm. Um which is an endurance road bike, which you can actually buy in a gravel spec. Uh-huh. Or the current, you know, at a time of recording, the still 2023 road bike of the year, which is the Vitus Ven on Evo, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic, aggressive endurance road bike that just happens to have clearance for a 45-millimeter tire. Oh, yeah. And Vitus have a Ven on Evo GR, which is basically the same bike, but with a one-by drivetrain or a two-by drivetrain with gravel tires. Mm-hmm. And I've tested that recently as well and found it, as good as a lot of pure racing gravel bikes. Mm-hmm. Not as good as kind of a rugged gravel bike at doing a gravel thing, but effectively a better all-rounder yeah. um, than it really had any right to be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I was talking about um, I was talking about this for... Uh, we were discussing kind of road tech trends for 24, and, I, you know, I came up with a rather... Uh, Rather silly, silly name for what I think the new Roubaix is, along with the Griffin, along with the 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 Venon, and and a, a lot of other bikes, like Merida Sculpture, Endurance DR, etc. And it's um, it, I just think it's like you know, I'm just call, calling them the Britney bikes because just like you know, Britney lamented, you know, I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. These are I'm not a road bike, not yet a gravel bike. Right. That's this. That's what this genre seems to yeah, be to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like it's neither neither one thing or the other, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Cool. Um, but. I'm not convinced it's my thing, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I think on that bombshell, we'll, um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it as that. Um, so, uh, yeah, thanks so much for your thoughts on that. Obviously, full reviews of both bikes are available on bikecredo.com um, and in other platforms as well. There'll be in Cycling Plus. Yes, uh, yeah, they're they're both included in Cycling Plus's Stars of 2024 test. Okay. And uh, there is a head-to-head video on... About Reader House YouTube channel as well, Great. I believe. And if it isn't there yet, it will be soon. It will be soon, yeah. In fact, it will be at the end of this week. So I'm assuming, yes, you'll be able to see it. We'll be able to see yeah. it. So head to the Bike Radar YouTube channel, subscribe to that. Don't forget to subscribe to the Bike Radar podcast. And of course, subscribe to Cycling Plus magazine. So you get, you know, a lot of the reviews that we post on Bike Radar have been in the mag first, along with a load of other features and good things to read in there. So it's, it's well yeah. worth picking up. Yeah. And, you know, we we tend to go into a bit more depth with, with a lot of this and a lot of the background on it. So, yeah, yeah. There's, there's plenty to, there's plenty to read about about these two bikes and this style of bike lovely stuff all right thanks warren and uh we'll be back very soon with another episode of the bike radar podcast thanks for listening to the bike radar podcast if you've not done so already please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode 